0: Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and let me start off by just apologizing for the audio quality for this particular episode. My uh, computer room that I normally record in is uh, in shambles right now my computer that I would normally record on isn't even up and, um, the backup computer that I have is set up in a, uh, basically a common area in the house. And there's no way that I can get time to actually record in a quiet space unless I'm doing it at night while my kids are asleep. So you've got me in the car. Um, just basically talking to you as I'm recording this episode. Um, So, yeah, the auto quality is not going to be as well. With that said, uh, we're going to do things just a little bit differently this episode than we have in episodes past. Um, I'm not going to do an AMG rules form this episode, but I am going to do a list building with Joe. So let's go ahead and kick that off with this segment right now. So you're going to get a bonus uh, list this time. Um, So I've got two five ship lists and I wanted to stick with factions that aren't getting as much love um, in the tournament data, which is Resistance and Scum. So for Resistance, we've got Kuzudo with R5, Shield Upgrade and his title. Timon Wexley, and this is Boost Wesley with uh, Heroic, M9, G8, Shield Upgrade, and Jamming Beam. Greer with Heroic and Advanced Optics. Rose with Marksmanship and C3PO. And Finn with Advanced Optics, Perceptive Copilot, and Heroic. And The idea here is you've got Kazuto and Greer that can kind of act as flankers and then Temmin, Rose, and Finn that'll go up the middle and kind of be your your main block. And the best part about it is it doesn't matter which one of these ships your opponent goes after, everybody else um, either on their own or together in a group with the other uh, ships are going to be able to provide this uh, steady block of ships to be able to uh, basically cause pain to your opponent. So that's what I've got for resistance. Let's move on to scum and I call this one cutthroat fours and you'll notice a trend here. So we're going to start off with Joy Retkoff, um with cutthroat Ion Torpedoes, and Mandalorian Optics. Then you've got Genesis Red in the M3A with Proton Torpedoes, Cutthroat, and Afterburners. Then you've got Bosk with Lone Wolf, Marksmanship, and Ion Missiles. NERDU, and so both Bosk and NERDU in the Z95. And then rounding out the list is something you might not have thought of, and it's Aziz Ardassian, I probably butchered that name, in the Y-Wing, but running Ion Cannon, Ion Torpedoes, R4 Astromech, and Cutthroat. You kind of go back and forth between um, Cutthroat and uh, what was the other 2.1? I'm trying to remember while driving, but there's another 2.1. One that you can throw in there, but basically the idea is, and he's the Y wing that uh, if he's damaged, he can flip uh, a blank to a crit, I think, or it might be a hit to a crit, and uh, also if he's damaged, he must take a focus and convert it to a blank when rolling defensive dice before the modify defensive dice tap. So basically he's there to die. Um, but if your opponent elects not to target him first, he's going to be putting in all kinds of control with all that ion that he's carrying. And again, so the same kind of thing here, you've got uh Bosk and Nardu who are going to act as your flankers on either side of the board. And then, um, uh, your other three, um, uh, Joy Genesis and uh, our Liz, um, who are all going to be going through um, just creating havoc, punishing your opponent for either one targeting them or two leaving them alone. And this list, um, over the resistance one, has where if he decides to go after a Boss or Nadu you're not really losing a lot of points. Okay. So he gets at most three points. You know, in the meantime, he set up the rest of your list in optimal flanking position. So I think that has the potential to be pretty good. And both of these lists are lists and factions that just aren't seeing a lot of love right now, but I think have the potential to be competitive. So with that said, that should wrap up the uh, list building with Joe. Let's move on to our main topic, what what I wanted to talk about. And this one is kind of going a little bit against the, the grain. So I've listened to a bunch of podcasts this week talking about X-Wing. Um, Gold Squadron did their 3, 4, and 5-point rankings. Uh, Fly Better did their uh, their one with uh, two tubes and but I listened to a couple other ones and I might just have been late to this party but stay on target both release something and the crates release something here fairly recently and I really liked the crates episode where it talked about uh, things that you know turn zero things that are good things that you should do and shouldn't do and I just want to Kind of point out one that even though we have people in the X-Wing community who know what the data is and how it should be interpreted and stuff like that, still as a whole, we're kind of bad at uh, predicting what is good and what isn't in X-Wing. And where I wanted to turn that into was three ship lists And... What I mean by that is there's this kind of spirit in the X-Wing community that anything less than four ships is just not playable. Well, the only thing less than four is three, because you can't fly two ship lists anymore. Um, But just the idea that three ship lists really aren't viable in competitive X-Wing. And I kind of want to challenge you. as the listener, as the player, to come up with a three-ship list that you think is going to be viable. And I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. The Where people run into that viability question or problem of three-ship lists is in the objectives. People think that if you don't... If you aren't winning by turn three, you're going to lose. Uh, If you're not up on objectives, you're going to lose in the first couple of rounds because you're going to get that snowball. And I'm just not sure that's the case. And what I think it is, is you really have to change the way that you fly. And it's not so much leaving points on the table for some of the objectives that you have to use actions to uh, interact with the objectives. I think it's more with how you set up your your turn zero, and your target priority, and what you're doing. Because with less than less than four-ship lists, you're really kind of playing 2.0 X-Wing in a 2.5 environment. And so what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is that your goal when you start the game is to win more on ship destruction than on objective points and the reason why I think that is kind of outside the, the the spirit of knowledge that is in X-Wing right now is because people are seeing a almost, and I'm just going to throw this number out here. Again, I'm driving in my car right now, so I don't have any data in front of me, so feel free to to come back and tell me that I'm full of, you know, whatever later. But I think what what is happening is people are seeing that objective points are counting anywhere between 30 and 60% of the uh, total points that come into win conditions. And so they're assuming if you set yourself up at a, quote, unquote, disadvantage running less ships that – you're you're going to be in trouble, and I would challenge that. I think if you if you're running lists and you're running ships with big red and big orange, that you have the potential to come in, punish lone flankers, which we're seeing more and more people set up, which is um, in turn. Lowering the action economy of your opponents. Which is always going to be beneficial to you. Uh, to that big red and big orange. Is going to be able to come in. And not only are you do you have the potential to punish flankers. But you can punish um, smaller blocks of ship. Because again, if you think about this, when, when you go into 2.0 games and you are seeing smaller ship counts, you had to come out uh, against those big orange and big red ships in force in the beginning of 2.0 matches because if you didn't, you weren't gonna have enough to finish them off. Well, now here's the thing. People are setting up for objectives. So they're not setting up in a way to optimally deal with your big red or big orange opponents, which is going to be both. So now you can afford to be more aggressive and fly your ships in and really punish your opponents for not grouping their ships together. And if they do group their ships together, then all of a sudden you have actions available, you have position to do, to mess around with the objectives and force your opponent into that. So it's kind of this, this lose-lose for your opponents when, because you they're either going to set up to face the objectives, in which case you can go through and punish the um, the lone deployers, or they're going to set up to face your list, in which case you can then set up for objectives and then make them chase you. Now, sure, as they have more ships, they're going to have more action economy, but it's going to take them a turn or two to figure out what you're doing. And because you're bringing big orange and big red to the table, they're not going to have the opportunity to see what you're doing until most of their ships are down, most, if not all of their ships are down. So what do I mean by big orange and big red? Well, uh, in first order, that'd be, you know, silo, Wilo, Von Reg, Hollow. Although I think if you're going for that, Von Reg's your your better choice, just because you get more loadout points for the same squad point cost. Uh, In Scum, that could be the Mandalorian. It could be Boba Fett. In Republic, that's going to be your Delta-7Bs. your, your fat Ada's Anakin and the Ada, or Anakin and the Y Wing for that matter. Um, let's see, that's two of the factions resistance, it's going to be Poe or Ray, uh, CIS, Django, Sunfac, uh, even Grievous to that extent. Um, let's see, who am I missing? Uh, Uh, Rebels, you're going to have Wedge, you're going to have Hera, B-Wing, you know, Luke in the X-Wing, those kind of things. Empire is to be Defender Vader or X-1 Vader. Uh, Merrick, to a lesser extent, Grand Inquisitor. But you, you see you see the idea of what I'm saying. You're bringing those higher-costed ships to punch more, and you're coordinating your attacks. It's, it's not so much... You can't fly it like you did. You can't fly three-ship lists like you flew your three-ship lists in 2.0 because you're not doing the attrition game. You're not weaving your ships in and out and doing damage and then having another one come in, you're kind of focusing everybody on the same target and just trying to alpha strike things off the table. Now, which faction does this best? I'm not sure. I I haven't played with it. I did see uh, a First Order list uh, do well in a larger store tournament with three rounds. Ended up taking first with three ships. I believe it was uh, Von Reg, Quick Draw, and Silo. Uh, in a local tournament, we had one of our players, Jeremy Cho. Shout out if you are listening. Um, when at TC's flying uh, Poe, Flyboy Poe, Ray, and uh, Lulu in the A-Wing, so, and there's, and there was uh, an early 2.5 tournament. I don't remember which one off the top of my head where Imperial Aces took it, where I believe it was Vader, Duchess, and Sutir. Um, so I still think that three ship lists are viable, but I think you have to fly them differently, which kind of goes into this whole thing that I've been saying with 2.5 is the game has changed. Um, there's no denying that. But just because it's changed doesn't mean that things that weren't good in the past still aren't good now. You just have to change what you're doing with them. And I think that's true with the, specifically with the three ship list. And I think you just end up focusing less on your uh, less on your less on the objectives and more on the leading ships getting victory points through destruction and I think you can do it if you look at a lot of the lists that are out there, but again, you can't fall into the trap of the jat of the joust. You're not going to be able to joust um, the blocks of the ship. So if they set up to uh, to joust you, then you have to focus on objectives and you have to make them fly around and get those, you know, 2.0 uh, type of engagements in 2.5. But if they're setting up specifically for engagement, and I know I'm repeating myself a lot. Again, normally I'm a lot more organized, but uh, this episode is just special in uh, that I don't have my normal equipment with me. And I'm not in a position to be able to look this stuff up as I talk about it. But, you know, that's that's kind of where, where I stand on it. So you might ask, well, Joe, if you believe so much in these three ship lists, why do you keep giving five ship lists in the uh, list building with Joe? Well, that's an excellent question. What I will tell you is that the list building with Joe, uh, I tend to build those lists uh, days or even weeks in advance of the episode. And I'm just not as organized as, with this as uh, I'd like to be. So basically what that means is I don't always know what I'm going to talk about until I sit down to actually record the episode. And then I kind of build from there what I want to say. So that's why you didn't see any three-ship lists uh, on list building with Joe. I promise um, future episodes will include three-ship lists. And, you know, hit me up, leave a message if you want to see, want me to do an episode where I do nothing but three ship lists, one for each faction, one or two for each faction, and kind of look at what I think would be competitive and, and how you'd need to fly those in order to do that. So if that's something you'd like to see, let me know. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you making it this far please consider leaving a review however you consume this podcast. It really means a lot to me, and I read each one of them. If you'd like to support this podcast financially and uh, help me become a more competitive player and be able to travel more, please consider uh, joining my Patreon. You can find me at patreon.com slash podcast. And uh, your donations... And support really mean a lot to me. As you know, I like to end every episode with a question. And this week's question is, how do you feel about three-ship lists? Do you think they're viable? This is Sailor Joe, signing off.